0: One MDB has sparked embezzlement and money laundering investigations across the world. One at least of the biggest corruption countries. scandals the world has ever seen. What may be the biggest financial scam in history. A number of corrupt One MDB officials treated this public trust as a personal bank account. Follow us as we bring you into the courtroom where the biggest financial scandal in Malaysian history is being heard. By the Malaysian Insight, this is the Najib Razak 1MDB trial, and I'm Patrick Teo. Proceedings kicked off this morning with former 1MDB CEO Sharul Halmi still on the stand, where he has been for more than a month. In his questioning today, Sharol revealed that Petro-Saudi owes 1MDB 2.2 billion US dollars, which included a failed joint venture, Murabaha borrowings and loans. Not only that, it seemed that the 1MDB Petro-Saudi joint venture company continued to use 1MDB's name even after the company disposed its stake when they converted their investment into Murabaha notes. We'll get into that in a bit. Defence lawyer Shafi Abdullah picked up where he left off and continued questioning Sharul on a new joint venture proposition by Petro-Saudi to 1MDB. Petro-Saudi proposed that 1MDB acquire a 4.2% stake in GDF Suez, a French-based energy company with a 20% discount to make the investment. The lawyer had called this proposal meaningless and a con job. Essentially, it was another way for Petro-Saudi to form another joint venture with 1MDB after the first one failed. In the first JV, 1MDB's 1 billion US dollar investment was ultimately converted into 1.2 billion Murabaha notes, netting a profit of 200 million US dollars. This also meant that 1MDB no longer held a stake in the 1MDB-Petro-Saudi joint venture, It was now fully controlled by Petro-Saudi. The lawyer referred to a statement made by former 1MDB chairman Lodin Wok Kamarudin. Shafi took it to mean that Lodin had instructed no further funds should be injected into the 1MDB Petro-Saudi joint venture company and to convert the Murabaha notes into equity investment in GDF. But Charles disagreed with this. The witness said what Lodin meant was purchasing a 4.23% stake in GDF would not give 1MDB immediate returns because the company had no control over how this investment would be monetized since the stake would be held by the joint venture company. Was this project brought up to Najib? Shafi asked. Yes, but he also disagreed with the JV. He said in writing that due diligence and feasibility studies needed to be done on the GDF investment. Shafi suggested that, according to law, Najib could not have provided advice as the Board of Advisors is only allowed to act when at least four members meet. But Sharol did not advise the Board of Directors on this point. The lawyer said that the board had had a jaundiced view that Najib as chairman of the advisory board could act as an entity. Sheryl responded that the board sought Najib's advice not merely as chairman of the board of advisors, but also as prime minister and the finance minister, who was the sole shareholder of Minister of Finance, Inc. In the end, 1MDB did not invest in GDF. Instead, it sent 500 million US dollars to Petro-Saudi under the Murabaha Notes program. Shafi moved on to a syndicated loan agreement between 1MDB, Standard Chartered Bank and Am Investment Bank of up to 5 billion ringgit. It was from this amount that 1MDB lent more money to Petro-Saudi. Sharol said the first tranche was 500 million US dollars and Petro-Saudi had agreed to an interest rate of 8.25% per annum. But Petro Saudi only paid back the first interest payment, amounting to about 129 million ringgit in cash. All the payments stopped from the second year onwards. From its dealings with Petro Saudi, Charo revealed that the total indebtedness of Petro Saudi to 1MDB came up to 2.2 billion US dollars as of 2015. These included the failed joint venture, Murabaha borrowings and subsequent loans. Charol called it indebtedness because they don't pay back in cash, but by giving 1MDB other investments. Shafi then referred to a letter about the loan addressed to the 1MDB Petro-Saudi joint venture, although 1MDB no longer had any stake in the company after it converted its investment into Murabaha notes. Why did 1MDB allow its name to be used? Shafi asked. The question just never came up, the witness answered. And that was where proceedings ended for the day. The trial will resume tomorrow. This podcast was brought to you by the Malaysian Insight. The team behind the Najib Razak 1MDB podcast are Revati Supramaniam, Yapik Kwan and Yvonne Lim. Timothy Acharyam provided additional reporting. And I'm Patrick Teo.